serve a living God and we serve a loving God. And he is not up there just flinging other planets into existence and ignoring the human race he created. His eye is on you. You are on his mind. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Tag a Friend, with our fourth and final message in this series entitled, A Cry from the Tombs. You know what I love about Jesus is the way that he loved all people and didn't turn away from even the most difficult, repulsive, or even scary individuals, like the man we're going to be looking at today. He's called the Gadarene Demoniac, and the man that Jesus approaches in today's story was without question unnerving and scary. He was possessed by demons on a level perhaps unprecedented in history, and Jesus made a special trip across the sea just to reach him. So let's go right to today's message, A Cry from the Tombs, and see what happened when a desperate, demon-possessed man met the Lord of Lords. This story of the Gadarene demoniac is in all three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But Mark is more streamlined. And so I'm going to choose Mark, and let's read. Then they came to the other side of the sea, that is, Jesus and his disciples, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And nobody could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him. Catch that. Pulled apart iron chains. When he saw Jesus from afar, everybody say he ran. But not from him, but he ran toward him and worshipped him. Best thing he could have done is run for Jesus. And he cried out with a loud voice and said... What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, that is, Jesus said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged, that is the demons, begged Jesus earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him. Look at the demons praying. Look who had authority and who didn't. Send us to the swine, they said, that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine, and there was about 2,000 swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea, 
and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine, understandably, fled. And they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then the whole town, the owners of the swine and the whole town came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it had happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he had gotten into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And then the set-free man departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. What a story. It's powerful. Now, we did just finish celebrating Halloween. I read this week. Do you know this? Get a hold of this. Over a billion dollars, with a B, was spent on costumes for children and adults. Adults are buying more costumes than children. What's that about? Costumes representing evil, death, the devil, sensuality, other nefarious, dark things. All in the name of fun, but here's the deal. Most people that go out to celebrate Halloween don't realize that this dark underworld that they believe in is pure fantasy is real. It's real. There is a world that we can't see, but it is there. Now, how do we know that it's there? We know that it's there because, first of all, the Bible tells us it's there. Above that, Jesus told us it's there. Do you know that one quarter of Jesus' ministry was involved in setting people free from evil spirits? One quarter of his ministry was delivering people from demon spirits from that dark underworld? Now, I ask you, where did they go once Jesus died and rose from the dead? They didn't go anywhere. They didn't disappear. Jesus died, rose from the dead, went back to heaven. Are we to believe that the demons just went away? No. Jesus encountered that dark underworld. As a matter of fact, it's always fascinated me that Jesus, when he came under the anointing of the Spirit and came out of the wilderness having defeated the devil and began his ministry, the very first thing that happened was the manifestation of a devil. He flushed the devil out into the open. He made the devil reveal himself. The devil ought not be some figment of our imagination or some fantasy or some myth or fable or brother's grim deal. We see him introduced in Genesis, already defeated, already judged, already sent to the earth, a disembodied spirit, and he approaches Eve and seduces her into partaking of the forbidden fruit, and there the devil entered the human race, and he has never left. He's called in the Bible the prince of this world, not the owner, not the ruler, but the prince. That is, this world has crowned him. This world follows him. This world, according to John, is under the sway and influence and control of the devil. Well, I haven't read that in the Bible, Pastor Jeff, but then you haven't read the Bible. It is everywhere in it. 
John said the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So here comes Jesus on a rescue mission, and Jesus, uh, it says of Jesus that he was manifested, here's why, to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he was manifested. That's why he came. He came to set us free from the clutches of the devil, and he came to destroy the works of the devil. So here we have a picture in this Bible story of a man who is the poster boy for what the devil would do to each and every one of us if he could. We see here in this story the worst of the worst. This is the worst case of demon possession in the whole Bible, and I think in the history of the human race. This guy is in a bad, bad way. Utterly bound and tormented day and night by supernatural forces of darkness. We don't know how he came under such terrible domination and possession, generally somewhere along the way, we open a door. The Bible says don't give opportunity to the devil. Don't give him space. And somewhere along the way, particularly lost people, they dabble in the occult. They dabble in different and various things, drugs. Drugs come from the Greek word pharmakia, and that means sorcery. What people don't realize, you get involved in drugs, you open the door to sorcery and to witchcraft and to demonic activity in your life. And so we don't know what door he opened, but somehow the enemy got into his life in a big way. We have a blow-by-blow description of what it looked like, and it's not pretty. And, and so I don't want to creep you out, but this is probably going to creep you out a little bit. It's kind of eerie. But it's in the Bible, so we're supposed to read it. It's in three of the four Gospels. First, he dwelt among the tombs. He dwelt among the dead. This poor man was preoccupied and fascinated with death and darkness. And you need to understand that in those days, there weren't any tombstones, you know, these tombstones that have the name and underneath something nice about the deceased chiseled in the granite. That wasn't in the first century. They laid bodies that were dead, dead bodies in holes and caves of the sides of mountains. That's where they put them. And there they would decay and there they would waste away. And it's in that scenario, this man chose to live. He chose to live among the dead. Second, he had supernatural strength. This is amazing. When the townspeople tried to restrain him, so obviously he was an anarchist. He was incorrigible. He was unrestrainable. He was out of control. And they tried to restrain him by shackling him and chaining him with iron fetters, but the man, like Superman, snapped them. The strength came from a supernatural source. Samson had supernatural power by God, this man had supernatural power by the devil. He was possessed with supernatural strength. He snapped those chains like they were made of paper mache. Snap! He crushed leg shackles. Third, I see he could not rest. We're told that day and night, night and day, 24-7, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, wandering. You ever know anybody like that? can't sit still. They're wandering all the time, agitated, fidgety, can't keep their mind on anything, always moving about. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't rest. That phrase crying out is from a Greek word that is used to describe a raven's piercing cry. You ever heard a raven? It's a shriek. It's a piercing cry. It means to cry out loudly with an urgent scream or a shriek. So if you had been outside 
in the town of Gadara in the days of this man, you may have heard in the distance and been startled to hear a shriek coming from over yonder, from the graveyard, piercing the darkness. And I guarantee you it sent a chill up and down your spine. Everybody went in when it got dark and locked the door. This man had the whole town intimidated, whole town afraid, whole town oppressed. The whole town was afraid of this guy. What's wrong with him? He was freaky. He was weird. He was scary. We see forth that he had no self-control. Ever know anybody like that? You ever been like that? Gospel of Luke tells us, watch this, he was driven by the demon into the wilderness. That word driven is strong. It's from a word used to describe the way a ship is helplessly driven by a stormy wind where it doesn't want to go, where it doesn't intend to go. That wind from a storm beats against that sail and forces it to go where it doesn't want to go. That's the word driven, driven out to sea or driven against the rocks and destroyed. There's people in here today, you are driven. You sometimes go where you don't want to go, where you know you shouldn't go, but you're driven. Now, I'm not telling you you're possessed. This man is the ultimate poster boy of demonic possession. But I see as I go through these different things that characterize his life, I see these things in America. I see these things in people driven where I don't want to go, where I shouldn't be, where I shouldn't take myself. I'm driven terribly self-destructive. The Bible records that as he cried out, shrieked out these terrible shrieks, he cut himself with sharp stones. So many of our teenagers today who are dealing with terrible stuff on the inside get rid of the stress by cutting themselves. It's something that happens with youth all over America. Let me tell you something. Anytime you see cutting, anytime you see self-destruction, you can know that somewhere in there the devil is involved. When you see a self-destructive lifestyle, somebody just wrecking their life, you can know the devil's involved somehow. Because what did Jesus say about it? He came to kill, he came to steal, and he came to destroy. He doesn't do anything else. How do you know the devil's lying if he's talking? He's a liar and the father of lies. And he leads us He drives us into a self-destructive lifestyle, drugs, alcohol, you name it, immorality, pornography, self-destruction. The enemy's there involved in that. And so this man was very self-cutting himself, bleeding, walking around. And the Bible says also he was indecent and obscene. The Bible says in Luke he wore no clothes and hadn't done so for a long time. And then the Bible says that he had been this way for years. So this tormented lifestyle had been experienced by him for years. And over time, he lost all sense of morality, propriety, and shame. He lost it. Lost it all. So now he's indecent and obscene. Remind you of our country at all? Do you see this? When you lose your morality and you lose decency and you lose your sense of um, self-respect, the enemy's involved. He wants to take God's beautiful creation and destroy it and marginalize it and dehumanize it and define it down. Seventh, Matthew's gospel tells us he was very violent. 
He's described as exceedingly fierce, so much so that people in the town were afraid to walk by the graveyard. They got where they wouldn't go by the graveyard, lest they be attacked. They avoided. You didn't go to your deceased loved one's grave and lay flowers there because you wouldn't go near the graveyard because he was there and he would attack. He was exceedingly fierce, not to mention supernaturally strong. This guy was terrifying. And eighth, when Jesus demanded the name of the Spirit, he said, what is your name? Who are you that's in him? Out of this man spoke a voice, a legion. We are legion, for we are many. So he had multiple evil spirits tormenting him. Day and night, shrieking, wandering, driven, can't rest, can't sleep. Here we have the full fruit and the full picture of what Satan wants to do to your life. Fascination with death, supernaturally strong. Do you see America here? Unable to rest, no self-control, self-destructive, obscene, violent. This man needed a deliverance and so does our nation. We need to be delivered. We need deliverance. We need to discern what the devil does to people and to cities and nations. Is America not grown obscene? Is America not increasing in violence? Has America not lost its self-control? Is America not grown and waxed self-destructive? Come on, church. And I got good news for you today. The same Messiah Jesus who walked up to this man and set him free can set America free. That's the answer for us. Now, I want to point out, it's important for us to remember that he wasn't always this way. He wasn't always this way. Following his deliverance, we see Jesus telling him to do this. Jesus said, go home and tell your friends what I did for you. So notice, Jesus let us know that this man had a home he used to live in. He had a house, he had friends, and I'm going to tell you, they married very young in those days, so I can very safely guess that he likely had a wife who had witnessed his terrible transformation into somebody she didn't recognize anymore. Happens all the time in our day. I have people tell me pretty often, I don't know them anymore. I don't know what's happened to them. I don't recognize this person. This is not the person I fell in love with. This is not the person I thought I knew. See, sometimes there's a psychological reason, chemical imbalance, that kind of thing. But there are other times when evil forces are at work and have gotten hold of that person and they need to be set free. Can you hear that today? They do. And I think I'm safe in saying if he had a wife, he probably had some children who had witnessed the same terrible transformation. Things finally reached the place where he couldn't stay in his house. He was driven from home and hearth to a life of pure hell, living in the tombs, no friends, lonely, isolated, tormented, desperate. This is what Satan does to people. Some of the ones that you're going to invite next week are experiencing things in their private life you don't know anything about. The enemy is after them and tormenting them. And next week, Jesus is going to be in the house. You probably know somebody just like this, due to a radical personal transformation. They're no longer the person you knew. 
maybe alcohol, maybe drugs, maybe involvement in some cult, or you just don't know what did it, but a door was open and they began to decline and now their life has careened out of control and now they live among the dead, among the lost of this world who are spiritually dead in a self-destructive lifestyle and they need Jesus just like this man did. I can easily imagine this man's wife bowed in prayer at night. Oh, God, because she didn't know Jesus. She didn't know Jesus, but she knew there was a God. Oh, God, help my husband out there in the graveyards. I can imagine his little kids getting on their knees, knowing that he was out there and saying, Oh, God, please touch my daddy. And you know what? There's children praying for their parents now. And there are spouses praying for their spouse, wives for husbands, husbands for wives. We know that if God doesn't do it, it's not going to get done. We are desperate. We need the Lord to move or it's not going to happen. But I came to tell you today that Jesus hears the cries, hears the prayers, and I'm going to prove it to you. When we cry out to God, there is a God who hears that cry. We serve a living God, and we serve a loving God. And He is not up there just flinging other planets into existence and ignoring the human race He created. His eye is on you. You are on His mind. I see in this story that God heard those prayers as all this was going on. You know where Jesus was? He was on the other side of the sea, way on the other side of the sea. But here's what I find in the Gospels when I just backtracked to the chapter before this one. He was going around. He was healing the sick. He was feeding the multitudes. He was teaching the multitudes. He was in the middle of a revival. And all of a sudden, Jesus unexpectedly, unexplainably changed course. All of a sudden, he changed direction. All of a sudden, he says to his men, go get in the boat. And I'm going to get in the boat. We're going to the other side. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message and that you're as moved as I am about how powerful Jesus Christ is in dealing with even the worst of cases. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow for the conclusion to this powerful story. I know it's going to bless you and build your faith. Now, don't go anywhere because we've got some important Life Talk news to share with you. A Cry from the Tombs is the last message of Pastor Jeff's series, Tag a Friend. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Tag a Friend, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. 
Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand. Today's broadcast or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.